Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Now, why children, according to my next guest, need three hours of outdoor play every single day to help them learn? Angela Hanscom is a paediatric occupational therapist and founder of Timbernook, an outdoor program operating here and in Australia, the United States, UK and Canada. She has a master's degree in occupational therapy and an undergraduate degree in kinesiology, the study of movement. She specialises in balance treatment. Her book, Balanced and Barefoot, discusses the effects of restricted movement and lack of outdoor playtime on children's learning. Angela's coming to New Zealand next week for seminar series taking place in Auckland, Dunedin and Napier. She is with us in New Hampshire at the moment. Angela, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. Your TED Talk, The Reason Children Fidget, was based on a visit to a classroom. And from that observation, what did you um, write about? What did you conclude Sure. So I got asked to observe a classroom, a fifth grade classroom of children from a teacher. And um, she basically said, I can't teach these children. Can you come and observe? So I went in and expecting kids were fidgeting a little bit, you know, tapping their pencils. But these kids were what I call extreme fidgeting. So leaning way back in their chairs. Um, One kid was rocking back and forth. Another child was hitting his head with a water bottle. Um, finding any excuse to get up out of their chairs, sharpen their pencils. And um, I instantly knew that obviously these children needed to move, not just in that moment, but really throughout the day. Um, And then what happened was we ended up doing a pilot study. We were going to implement a therapeutic dance program to get these kids moving more. So we decided to look at their core strength, so their stomach muscles and their back muscles, Um, And what we found was really alarming. Um, We also looked at their balance. So we had them spin in circles and then we look at their eyes after. We want to look for a a normal eye response, um, balance reaction. And what we found is one out of every 12 children um, could meet the standards from 1984, which was my generation. So again, when we combined the core strength and balance, we found only one out of every 12 children could meet the, the averages from 1984. So there's the physical effects of insufficient physical play, but there's also yes. the ability to, to concentrate. Uh, yes. let, let, let's um, can, can you track it back? Like, if we look at how our lives have changed since 1984, since, since, since your era... Has right. anyone been able to track a decline that coincides with, um, I, I guess, primarily the invasion of technology to so much of our lives at the expense of physical play, if those are the two main factors? Has anyone been able to track the effects? Well, I think what's happened is what 
after doing that pilot study, we got really intrigued because um, an article came out um, from the New York Times about how there's been a huge rise in the need for occupational therapy um, for children with attention issues and sensory issues. And um, it's been like a big issue in the world of occupational therapy. You know, we're wondering why is it that all these children are needing services over here? And so um, intrigued, we started um, interviewing veteran teachers, teachers that had been around for at least 30 years. Um, were they seeing the same effects we were seeing, a rise in um, sensory issues? Um, and what we were seeing was trends. So um, these teachers are saying that number one issue is they're seeing um, a decrease in attention. That, that's, and across the board, no matter where I'm speaking, this is um, a very common issue. For instance, one teacher said in the past, she was able to teach the whole classroom as a whole. And she said maybe one or two kids would have trouble, difficulty paying attention. Now on a good day, at least eight out of those 26 kids are having difficulty. Um, and the other trends are, you know, kids are actually falling out of their chairs here in America. Um, you know, one director of a, a local preschool said, uh, 40 years, she said, I don't remember this being an issue in the past, but kids are literally running into each other and running into the walls. So spatial awareness is off. Um, another one is that kids are getting more aggressive, but not in the way that you might think, not bullying per se, but almost that they can't keep their hands off each other. So when they're playing out um, during recess, they're playing games like tag, but they're hitting with much more force and having trouble with regulating um, the pressure for those things. And so ho over here in America, what's happening is we're starting to ban games like tag and taking away things because we're not quite understanding why why this is happening. I'm, re I'm really interested in your undergraduate specialty, actually, of kinesiology, because mm. some of the things yes. we're talking about are kinesthetic, and it's our ability. Oh, so there's the spatial awareness, but it's also, and we don't even know this, do we? It just, it's magical how mm. it happens. It's the way the brain processes the tactile and the visual and the other cues and adjusts what it should do, whether it's balance, you know, jumping over rocks I always find amazing. It's incredible mm -hmm. the calculations the brain is making as to where you're going. You're not even really seeing them fully. And then how hard to land. And these are all things that need to be developed in human beings. Absolutely. Yeah, so what's happening is um, we're really restricting children's movement um, for, for, for long periods of time, especially in my country. Um, you know, kids, the research is saying they're sitting for about nine hours a day. Um, you know, technology is a big factor because they are, um, you know, sitting sedentary. Um, but we are, we're restricting their movement. They're not spinning in circles like years past, rolling down the hills. Um, and what's happening is inside the inner ear are little hair cells, and we need to move in rapid ways um, in all different directions for the fluid to move back and forth to stimulate those hair cells. And that develops our vestibular system. This and is critical. Sense, this is the thing that can yeah. cause vertigo in, in, in older people. We start to lose it a bit, right? But it Absolutely. operates like a spirit level. Inside the inner ear, there's actually fluid washing around, and that, right. in combination with the hairs, is sending a message to the brain about what angle you're on. And are you yeah. starting to see that these kids' systems are not developing the way you would expect? Absolutely. Because um, what's, what we're noticing is that 
when we were younger, um, we spent about four to six hours a day is what I'm hearing over and over from adults of outdoor play every single day. And the research is saying today kids are spending about 48 minutes. And so that's a significant change in the amount of time that they're moving and playing and engaging their senses. Um, and that, that sense, if that's underdeveloped, that can affect everything from attention to regulation of emotions, to regulating activity level. You know, we're seeing a lot of kids that we call it, they bounce off the walls. Um, all of that, even um, visual skills. I've just had a flashback to roly-polies, which is what you've described <laughs> as roll, starting at the top of a hill or a sand dune and just rolling down just for the hell of it. Or yeah. as you say, spinning in circles and seeing if you can make yourself dizzy. And there's a point to this stuff because that is training, that vestibular system, um, mm-hmm. and, and testing it and working and working it. I'm curious about them falling off chairs. Again, is that balance or is it just not knowing where they are relative mm-hmm. to be, being upright? Why, why is that happening? That's, um, that's spatial awareness. So, you know, we keep talking about spinning and as therapists, what we do in our clinics, you'll see swings hanging from the ceiling. We actually purposely will spin children in different directions um, in order for them to know where their body is in space. So when kids roll down the hill or spin in circles, it's very therapeutic. It helps them to know where their body is, helps them to stay in a seat without falling out, um, navigate their environment, climb on a play structure, and safely navigate different terrain. That's that's um, a big piece of spatial awareness. All right. What to do about it then? What, what does the um, organization Timberlook do? Does, does it simply... Does it promote games? Does it give people ideas for outdoor play? What does it do? So it's we provide um, outdoor play experiences for children. Um, there's a lot of fear about letting kids outside um, because of strangers and um, injury and all that stuff. And what we do is we provide play experiences that really inspire um, creativity and also um, engage all the senses. So we're working all the way on you know, balance and the stuff we're talking about now, but also even just thinking um, creatively and those more advanced social play skills. You know, um, kids will create societies in the woods and um, they start, um, you'll see your leaders form, but they'll, they'll create hierarchies of leaders and spies and all this stuff in, in their, own, um, their own villages out there. And it's, a, it's the kind of play that we did as children, but we're, not, we're seeing a reduction in that. And it's, very therapeutic and important for development on many, many levels. Just startled by a figure, it's just caught my eye. Um, one elementary school study into core strength and balance, you may have mentioned this earlier, mm-hmm. only one in every 12 children can meet the average scores of kids in the 1980s. Right. Is that right? So, that, so that's how pervasive it, it is in, in that study anyway. Do you, I mean, do we need to design play areas if, if, if you, you, you'll be coming to New Zealand it's 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 different but the same if you know what I mean like there's the same trends right. but what essentially do kids need do they just need some space do they need some climbing um, equipment if you're actually having to go looking to create enough opportunities now what what can they be that will still be good for developing these skills and these physical systems right well, there's a lot of things that, um, you know, that go into it. But, you know, spending time in nature itself is therapeutic. 
Um, and, you know, even just listening to bird sounds will actually help a child orient themselves to the sounds around them. And um, that's the basis for spatial awareness. Um, playing out in nature helps um, with organization of the senses for many reasons. These are some of the things I'll talk about in my talks, but um, they also need time and space. And I think that we're getting to a culture that um, we want to sign them up for many activities, but it's really important to just allow them plenty of time to explore and move their body in different ways and create and play with other children. And that's something that we're, we're forgetting about. And I think another one that we we're starting to get away from is having the adults step back more and allow the children um, to kind of come up with their own play schemes. Uh, we, we tend to want to give them ideas and direct them all the time. And it's a very important skill for children to think of their own, their own play schemes. But also that act of discovery is what will surprise and test your system. For example, if you are out, right. outdoors scrambling over a bank or, and then you slip and slide, all of a sudden that spatial awareness system um, and that vestibular system and everything else is tested. So Absolutely. these are the environments where, where it gets the workout. Three hours a day, though, that's pretty hard for a lot of urban families these days. Uh, so what what could the mix what could the mix look like? Right. So I I really do feel like three hours of outdoor play is a great is a great minimum um, or something to strive for. But it's really active play. It's not. It doesn't have to be outside the whole time. Um, but starting to think about well how to how to make that possible again. You know what is how long is are their recess sessions? Are kids walking to school? Are they walking home from school? And then how much free play do they have after school? And, you know, really thinking about outdoor activities such as sports, um, you know, as a, as a supplement, as a, you know, but not, I think that sometimes the sports take over. And so it takes away from free play and free play outdoors brings benefits that organized sports um, that, that they don't bring. So I think really um, balancing things out is really important. The other thing is the how, Angela, when there's, the, there's not only the time poor households that we so often are, but it's getting the kids off the damn technology. And is this mm -hmm. where having a, a, a group like yours, a program like yours, you're going somewhere, you're going somewhere with others. Is that, Whether it's Timbernook or something else, is that often what combats that endless battle of the reversion to the, to the uh, gadget? Yeah, it's a huge piece of it. Um, the environment in Timbernook is um, very inspiring. It's it's purposely set up to inspire kids. Um, there's mixed ages for a reason to replicate that neighborhood play. But there's many elements of Timbernook that um, that's really inspiring kids that don't even are having trouble playing to that bridge to get them playing again. Um, we're moving into schools as well and training schools because we feel that's really it's, there's a huge need there. Um, you know, to get to really value the outdoor play piece and how there's there's so much physics and learning and science and um, movement and foundational skills that go into that. Have you seen, by the way, either in your own practice or working with schools, have you seen quite dramatic improvements that can happen reasonably quickly uh, if yes. children are, are, are given these opportunities and can be nurtured into using them? 
Yeah, we, we call them our, our transformation stories. In fact, a lot of our providers, the people that run Timbernook are therapists. Many of them have PhDs, but um, really experts in this outdoor play. And we're seeing um, what what they often say is this is one week of Timbernook is like six months of therapy because it's all the right ingredients. The, the environment is perfect. It's like nature. You've got mixed ages. You've got inspiration. Um, so we're seeing huge changes in kids. It's, and no it's Wi-Fi. Really, uh, Inspiring. Yeah, and no Wi-Fi. <laughs> thanks great. very much, Angela. Um, thanks, Angela Hanscom. She's coming to New Zealand next week for a seminar series called Balanced and Barefoot. It's in Auckland, Dunedin and Napier. You can learn more through a link on our webpage. And you can listen to this item and other interviews about navigating modern family life in our podcast, It Takes a Village. Subscribe free on Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we have a new collection on our Nine to Noon webpage of my conversations over the years with the late Celia Lashley on Raising Boys. Celia, the film, is currently in cinemas nationwide. We have a link to the website where you can find out where it's screening. It was here for the film festival, but it is now back screening in theatres nationwide. And if you're interested in listening back to those conversations on a range of topics, including boys and screens, boys and rules, boys and pornography, belligerent boys, go to our webpage, rnz.co.nz forward slash nine to noon. Scroll down to the bottom of the page where you'll find the Celia Lashley collection. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 